0: This podcast is listener-supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and What's the Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico.
1: I'm Pat McDonald.
2: I'm Truman, and this is episode 169. We have semis. Woo. Yes, we do. You got a semi. I got a semi. Everyone has semis.
0: That's right, because MLS is back from its week off. Thank God. Um, right. So yeah, that's actually happening. Like, you know, the MLS playoffs. I've actually gotten away yet. <laughs> So uh we do have some matches to talk about at least. Um the United States started their World Cup qualifying uh trek against Saint Vincent and the Grenadines. Yes, that's a real country by the way. And uh <laughs> Trinidad, and, and, Trinidad and Tobago um 6-1 victory over Saint Vincent and a 0-0 draw at Trinidad. Um probably the most shocking part about all this is that they gave up the first goal to Saint Vincent within 5 minutes. Yep just – I don't get it. But anyway, um, so let's uh, go around the room. Pat, you can go first and share this is your wheelhouse. What did you think of these matches?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I kind of don't think they really answered any questions, lingering questions that the you know, U.S. fan base had about Klinsman and his direction of this team. Um, there's still a lot of stuff that just uh, – I guess St. Vincent, uh, the game against St. Vincent, you know, you saw maybe a few positive steps forward. Uh, but then he took him, took a few positive, a uh, few negative steps all the way back for the uh, against Trinidad Tobago playing four center backs across the back line. It, it's, it's, once again, it just makes you wonder if he has any real plan. Uh, you know, should Jermaine Jones still on the, be on the field? I mean, I like the guy, but there's no ch- chance he's going to be there in 2018. Like none. And, uh, you know, and he's not. Him and Bradley are both box-to-box guys. Neither one of them do a great job shielding the back line. Um, so you just kind of have to wonder, I mean, where is this team going? There is no discernible progress. There hasn't been for a while. And, uh, you know, so overall, yeah, we got the four points. That should go a long way to having us qualify for the Hex. But uh, I don't think – I think there's still a whole hanging over this uh, U.S. national team program.
2: I think the only things I'll point out is uh, I enjoyed Twitter – after that first goal was given up, that was funny. Because <laughs> of course there was
1: mass panic.
2: You know, five minutes in, the, team oh. was the worst team on the planet. Um, I liked Altidore's goal. That was nice. You know, don't mm-hmm. defend the back posts and he just kind of stands there knocks it in accident. So that was fun. And I didn't watch the other game because who cared? Not me. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't like around to watch it because that seemed like a really boring game. So, yeah. so that was, that was nice.
0: That wasn't I mean. a uh, easy game to watch. I just glad I had other stuff going on. That's yeah. Kind of, uh, I mean, that's what Twitter's uh, for anyway. And I, so I just had it on the background. That's what I did. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't worth it being my main focus. <laughs> um, I just sort of laughed when St. Vincent scored that goal. Because <clears throat> for me, it was just like, of course this is how qualifying's going to start. You know, this the the team didn't even have names on the back of the jerseys. It looked like they got cast off from... Somebody and it's just and it was just like you know of course the United States is gonna have to go down early and try to actually like put effort in in this game.
2: But I mean, come on, was there? Was there really it shouldn't.
0: It shouldn't have been six one. It should have been like seven nothing.
2: I mean, it just two cares? It's just they took them a little too lightly and lollygag. They were lollygagging.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, I guess I don't know, but uh, hopefully. I think the one goal is alarming as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like they did nothing that game except for that one goal, and that was really just a bad defensive breakdown. Like, there was no reason for that to happen. So,
1: you know, if only Jeff Cameron and DeAndre Denlin didn't play their trade in MLS. Well, you know,
0: MLS is the devil. So
2: that's why right, MLS is
1: terrible mm-hmm. for American American soccer.
2: The other thing I'll point out is uh, again, I don't know why we have to play in a baseball stadium. Can we just Can we just move on from baseball stadiums, despite that their side? Annoys the shit out of me. <laughs>
0: like, I complained about other countries intentionally screwing with the field to screw with the United States. Why the fuck would, if you're in the U.S., why would you hamper yourself by putting yourself on a soccer,
2: on a baseball field? You could still see the diamond, too. I know. My, my wife actually asked me, like,
0: did they – And granted, she says this because she doesn't really – she'll watch soccer thing, but she does actually paid attention. She's like, are they? is that a baseball field? I'm like, yeah. She's like, what do they do with the mounds? Like, well, they had to flatten it. But it's just like, if my wife it's,
2: notices – Right. It's still there. Still, yeah. You can still see it.
0: And then we have stadiums like Red Bull Arena, for, let's say, that have never had an official qualifying match. That would have been perfect for this game because there's no way St.
1: Vincent's was burning any big crowd. No. Uh, they brought 45,000 St. Louis fans, and that's why they played at a baseball stadium.
2: Well, okay. uh, if, if, I'm not
0: mista- so- if I'm not mistaken, there is a stadium nearby that has a football field inside of it.
1: Yeah, a, a turf field, and look at how well qualifiers with grass rolled over turf have gone. Well they play on
2: a fucking turf. They did in Seattle. Let me ask you this then.
1: No, they put grass for the qualifier, they put grass over That's the turf. Right.
2: If if St. Louis was such a soccer hotbed as it claims to be by Taylor Twalman and everybody else,
1: where's their MLS team? Uh got yeah, me. Uh, you know, I don't know. It sounds like they want one but they don't have a share group. Uh but you know, hey, look, forty five thousand people, you can't sniff at that, you know. I mean, Seattle struggled to get that money for that many for a game in the Hex, if I recall, a couple of years ago. And they're supposed to be a soccer, you know, they they invented soccer. Yeah, so it's supposed to be a lot of things. That's why they played in that's why they played in a baseball stadium. I mean, it's not ideal. But um, you know, when you're gonna get forty five thousand people to buy tickets against St. Vincent and Grenadines and I know you say Red Bull Arena. We have been saying for St. Vincent Grenadines, Like, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, listen, I understand that game would not have sold. It probably would not have sold if it was at Red Bull Arena. But I'm just saying, like, you have these soccer-specific stadiums around the country that are not being used for qualifying matches. Use them. They're much better off than a baseball stadium. You want to tell me it's St. Louis? Fine, but then don't give St. Louis a meaningful game on that field. That's my, That's what I'm saying
1: but you know at the same time you know if you listen to the guys on TV they said that the player even though it didn't look good on TV they said it was the grass had been laid weeks before uh they couldn't well, tell I'm the so, difference was
0: out the playoffs just, for a while
1: yeah despite the despite the look that it actually played fine i mean you know I would look. I would love St. Louis to get a team and have their own Soccer Pacific Stadium, and then they can play off future stars in the Soccer. Space. But you know, and if they hadn't shown up forty-five thousand strong, I would I would criticize it as well. But since they showed up for a game that probably would not have drawn as well anywhere else in the country, um, I can't. I can't.
0: And I'm not blaming Seattle. I mean, I'm not blaming St. Louis for having. I'm blaming them, U.S. Soccer, for having it on a soccer field that's covering a baseball field. That was yeah. like.
1: That's my okay, but at the same time, the, why does St. Louis not deserve a World Cup qualifier? If that's the only grass field they have available, you know, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, th- this team is not just New York's team. It's not just Florida's team. It's every city in this team. And, hopefully, Except again, for, like I said, hopefully they one day get a, 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 a soccer-specific stadium. But until then, I mean, you can't just say, nope, you can never have one. I mean – and, and, and like I said, it's not a marquee matchup. It's the perfect one to put in a baseball stadium.
2: Hey, doesn't Missouri deserve its own team? Doesn't Missouri deserve an MLS team?
1: Yeah, if they get the ownership group, absolutely. Yeah, because Missouri hey. doesn't have an MLS team, guys. Don't, don't
0: forget, you know, North Dakota.
1: North Dakota? And all this. Well, North Dakota, they're also not going to put it. You know, there's also distant demographics we're talking about here. St, St. Louis is still one of the largest cities in the country. North Dakota's biggest city I think has what, a hundred thousand people? So, you know. There's Jay, a big difference there.
2: Jay, have you ever been to North Dakota? No. I have. Not the end. <laughs> I don't right. think so, you can get a USL Division ten team in North Dakota.
0: I'd be impressive if there was a division ten team. <laughs> um but alright, so enough about that one. Uh Trinidad, what did you guys I, I know we kinda said it was a snorfest, but is there anything specific you want to point out about that one?
2: Yeah, I didn't watch it. Well, Okay, not you, Pat, then. <laughs> wait, can we talk? Uh, hey, wait, hold on. Miaska, Miaska's cap, so there you go. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll talk about Miyazka's cap. The
1: end.
0: So there you go. He played, I think it was, what, like 25 minutes against St. Vincent? That's
1: all that matters. Yeah. He's ours he's, now. He's ours now. He's ours forever. For better or worse.
2: So now we can play like five in the back, and he can be another um, center back playing back there.
1: There you go. Five center backs on the field. That's the winning formula. <laughs> Just a wall of no goals given up. I hope Klinsman doesn't listen to the show. He might actually consider that.
0: I'm hey, oh, sorry, a 9 nine zero and one formation, right? Come on, That's right. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Trinidad, nothing. Yeah, I mean, no.
1: another boring game. Uh, you know, it's uh, the U.S. had their chances, they blew them. Um, they also gave a couple scary moments to. Trinidad Bradley uh, showed once again why he's not an attacking midfielder. It's something that everybody playing – you know, everybody who has a soccer, soccer brain can see it. Everybody else who doesn't have a soccer brain just says he sucks now. But, uh, you know, those who recognize that position see it. Um, you know, because he missed a couple – one, two perfect through balls. Um, yeah, so it's just – you know, it was another big step back. Um, you know, after the tiny touch and, uh now we have four months to just kind of dwell because Galati is probably not going to make the change.
0: If he was going to do it, it probably would have happened before this. Unless, unless he uh, you was know,
1: bombed uh, in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, you would think that. But I think like, there was an article written I want to say Doug McIntyre on ESPN.com uh, kind of made the argument why it kind of sort of made sense for him to play these two Basically because of the quick turnaround from the Concacaf Cup to uh, these qualifiers. But if you made the change, say, this week... Now you have four months for a new national team coach to get in, uh, get settled uh, before he has a meaningful game to play. I mean, it's not going to happen. Uh, the, the results alone. I mean, especially if you're a specifically results-oriented person, then the U.S. is in good shape. Um, but if you're who cares about how the team looks going forward, uh, then you're probably still a little bit alarmed.
0: Uh, I got nothing else,
1: mm-hmm. I
2: I so, just like the score. I got nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: Alright, so sorry Pat, you guys have something else or
1: No nah, I was gonna say yeah, that's it. That's all I got.
0: Alright. So uh with that we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back, we're gonna have on with us from uh the massive report, Patrick Gildan. We'll be back with more Red Bull Man right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Today we have on with us from uh, the SB Nation blog, Massive Report, the managing editor, Patrick Golden. Pat, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me.
2: I've, wait, I have a big question to start it off because this is a ma- major bone of contention for me. Do you live in or around Columbus? I live in Columbus. Oh, <laughs> give this man a round of applause. Thank you. Woof, okay. We had to make sure. Yeah,
0: we're start, we're used to the other Espanesian blogs. When they come on the show they're not living in the town that they cover, myself included, so it's just it's
3: ten <sighs> minutes away from Map from Mafre Stadium. Oh, even better. The closest
2: person to this respective stadium.
3: And he knows how to pronounce these properly pronounce the stadium.
2: I
1: would
3: hope so. I would have said Mapre. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: well we get that a lot. Or <laughs> if you or if you prefer the fray. <laughs> it, It's it's Spanish. They have a. It's actually an acronym, I believe. But they call it. There you go. They're giving there you us go. money. I'll pronounce it however they there, want
0: to. There's our language
1: lesson for the day. <laughs> there
3: you go. Learn something new every day, kids.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Red Bulls and uh, Columbus obviously uh, facing off in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Uh, during the regular year, during the regular season, it was two uh, one to the Red Bulls in terms of Games 1, but you guys had a little bit of an interesting journey to get here. So uh, for our listeners who may not have been watching, just kind of give us a quick overview of your series with the uh, Montreal Impact.
3: Well, uh, it's it was kind of a home team held serve. Um, you know, the Chris C scored first and, and really looked the, the better team through the first 30 minutes, and then were, were finally rewarded with... Uh, uh, Didier Drogba setting up uh Federico Higuaín with a with a perfect uh perfect layoff header right in the box and uh he he you know drove it home unfortunately the problem was is that uh, the defense which has been the problem the entire year for for the, for Columbus you know coughed up the tying goal within 4 minutes and then you know gave up uh you know, was it a foul? Was it a was it a mistake either way? Um, you know, the the defense was spread, and uh, Montreal had uh, you know a wide open uh, attack on net, and you know they they scored, and you know that left Columbus in a little bit of a hole coming back to to Montfrey Stadium, and. Uh, It was, uh, you know, a lot of tension after uh, last year's uh, blowout and and really kind of a disappointing playoff experience uh, against uh, New England. And uh, there was a sense of relief when Kai Kamar scored um, to to kind of, uh, you know, take the series, and, you know, they they were leading the series at that point with the away goal, Um, but could have had two, maybe three by the time uh Montreal finally settled and then they they grabbed that uh, offside you know uh, pro referee said it was offside goal that Dilly Duca former crew player scored and uh my gosh the the second half it was uh maybe the most tense most uh, fraught most uh, emotional game i've 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 covered uh, because you have the penalty that might be a little bit soft you have uh the the soft pk by by Kai Kamara, he wasn't allowed to use his head, so that that made it a little bit tough. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the 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 tying uh, the, the goal to tie in an aggregate and take the uh, the lead in the second uh, second leg with, uh, uh, gosh, that uh, you know a lot of speed from uh, Cedric Mabadi, um you know, the, going in, in the scrap in the box and it, it sent it to to extra time, which, uh, you know, there you could see both teams were just uh, stretched the 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 emotions the the energy you know the fatigue and then kai kamara just i don't know how you uh, you're you're able to to head a ball that it's lobbed and drive it with such force but uh the stadium just exploded so to, to move on montreal was was a very tough opponent and uh crew had not beaten them all year until that second uh, second leg so uh, they were 0 for, for three and then finally got that uh, on the fourth game so
2: the crew gets the penalty awarded Kai Kamara insists on taking it and stoinks it did you did you put put your fist through something at that point
3: no no see I, I was uh, I, I I was in the press box so no 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 fist pounding or anything like <laughs> that but um, I, I, there were you know, there was a, a certain sense that you know Federico Iguin is the normal penalty taker for for the team, and has since he joined the team. He's not a great penalty taker. He's he's not automatic. Um, but uh, you know, there were rumors that they might be you know looking to switch with Kai with the getting the uh, the the scoring title, but it didn't work out. And then you know he takes in the in the playoffs, and you know certainly you know frustrating to see. You know, the the it was a soft penalty and you know the, the maybe it was just that, you know, it was missed, but either way, um other players might have uh might have crumbled in that moment because you know, you miss a penalty. That's the chance to actually go through and at least send the game into to extra at a time and you know, other players crumble and he's able to, you know, drive the team forward. I, I think that the the story coming out of that is you know the, the indomitable spirit of Kai Kamara uh the guys kind of just an athletic and you know uh, emotional freak he's he's just uh, so rock solid a few
2: years ago the red bulls drafted a a player which we all loved I don't i'm sure I didn't have to continue but let's just talk about tony chani uh and how he's been this year i mean it's for, i don't watch a lot of crew games but it definitely seems he's been improving over the past couple years uh your thoughts
3: yeah well uh, Tony has uh has had a mixed history in Columbus. Uh you know there was there was always I I liked that draft pick when when Red Bulls picked him up. I thought he was going to be, you know, everything, you know, uh, the, the the best midfielder in MLS or one of them. He he had the physical talents. He he just looked like the complete player. Um but mentally he was just a little slow and you know on to Toronto which gosh could have been the death of it's been the death of everybody's career practically up there. And then, you know, coming to Columbus, there were a lot of people that didn't, you know, it was like, oh, maybe he'll turn his career around. And, you know, 20, 2011, his only game is after a six-month injury layoff, he gets thrown into a playoff qualifier against the Rapids. And he he looks rusty, and he gets off on a bad start. In 2012, he uh, he he struggles to, to compete in the midfield with, a, a, you know, some veteran players, but a rookie in Kirk Urso. And it looks like, you know, the, this guy, the, the chance is going to pass him by. But really, the turnaround came, you know, late in 2013. But in 2014, Greg Burhalter you know, has said, you know, he's a guy that needs a little bit of belief. And Berhalter and the staff believed in him. And through 2014, 2015, he, he's just kept on driving. He's He's physical. Uh, he makes the right decision. Uh, he's added goals to his uh, repertoire. He's dominant in the air. He, you know, he turned into that midfielder that uh, I thought the uh, Red Bulls were drafting all those years ago.
0: Yeah, that was kind of that was a really weird trade when it happened. I mean, we sent two guys for De Rosario and flipped him a few months later, but we got Dax McCarty out of it. So I guess in the end, it really worked out for us.
3: <laughs> it really did work out because I'm a big Dax fan too. They're they're kind of on the opposite sides of the coin. Tony Chani is not the defensive midfielder, but uh, you know, he's the enforcer of that crew midfield and Dax McCarty is uh he's savvy. Um there there's a lot of things that that, that he sees that other players don't and I'm going to enjoy watching them go up against each other because I'm I'm sure that they're gonna be, you know, tasked with uh, facing off against their opposite number in a lot of cases. So, since you mentioned that matchup, uh, not that particular
0: matchup, but is there any other matchup that you're looking forward to in the series?
3: Um, you know, from from the career aspect, I, I I gotta like Kai Kamara against. You know, you, you don't have Parnell, um, and and Miasga has 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 played well, but you know, Kamara is otherworldly. And so, I, I'm interested to see how he's handled. But likewise, on the other side, it's frightening to see the movement of, uh, Bradley White Phillips and the movement of, of, of how he's able to pull defenses in and out. And without Gaston Sorrow in the lineup, uh, who's really kind of turned things around in that defense, there is chances that, you know, you, you guys are going to find some space. You guys are going to find some shots because, um, you have an offense that that likes to find those seams that you know can pull defenders where they're not in their comfort zone. And gosh, you guys have uh, done it so far at least twice this season. You know, uh, quick turnover. Bradley's in, in the right space. Um, all of a sudden, you have uh, you know, it's a, a breakout, and then it's uh, an easy shot on target. And uh, you know, I I still remember October and you guys uh, being able to do that. So Bradley is one that I'll be watching closely. Um, because I think he could take advantage of uh, some of the the, the unsettled back line that's going to be there.
1: Now, in the one game that the crew uh, defeated the rebels, they kind of hit the rebels on the counter. Uh, did you do you kind of expect them to deploy a similar
3: strategy in these two games, or something a little more different? I, I would I would normally say most coaches yes, but Burhalter is is tough to get a read on. Uh, he he came out in the press today and uh, was talking to one of our fellow writers. He was mentioning how they expect the Red Bulls to bunker a little bit and not um, play their normal game and maybe be a little bit more reactive. And that Columbus is going to have to take the game to them. Uh, I, I'm I'm not sure if you guys are going to get away from the press that has been very successful against Columbus this year, uh, past couple of years, frankly. Um, but if Columbus is expecting. You know, New York to Bunker, they're going to try to attack. And I think that plays into Red Bull's hands. Um, they are adept at changing things up. And uh, against New York in, in July, against Vancouver at the beginning of the season, they they played uh, very Bunker and can hit on the counterattack, and it is very effective. So do I see it happening? Maybe it's a little bit of game gamesmanship in, uh, from Berhalter in the, in the press this week, but... Um, Frankly, I expect both teams to play their games, and you know, as a as a crew fan, it kind of concerns me.
2: The uh, the crew actually announced, I believe, today that they sold out um, the game on Sunday. Are you jealous that the Red Bulls sold out first? And when I say <laughs> first, I mean yesterday.
3: Um, well, we 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 can. Uh, I wouldn't say jealous. Um, I, I think it's impressive for both sides. I know New York has been doing a lot of great work. In getting people in the stadium. And I've been up to, to Red Bull Arena once uh, way back in 2011, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, frankly, one of my favorite venues to ever watch a game. Um, they, they announced today that it is a sellout. They've added um, standing room only tickets. They've added um, uh, seats on the stage. So it's expanded uh, from their normal uh, number of tickets that they normally sell uh However, they are also saying that it will set a playoff record for uh attendance for our C game so uh I wouldn't necessarily say jealous because I think both sides have a lot to be proud of and uh, frankly, I think that the uh, the big story from from the crew side is that this team really hasn't been embraced by the city as much as it has uh this month now there there's been some some th- during the championship season. There was a little bit of that and, and maybe they made that connection, but, you know, they kind of fumbled it away, but I, I think there's a little bit of anticipation that this is the start of something that could turn into something like uh, Real Salt Lake has or Sporting Kansas City has where, you know, you know, going to a Columbus Crew SC game is uh, something that people want to do, that it's an atmosphere that people enjoy. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually Happy that you know New York sold out because I look forward to great atmospheres, even if it's just going to be on TV for me. Um, but jealous? No, I think you know Columbus has uh, something good going on here, and it's going to be twenty thousand in um, you know lower thirties weather with a uh, possibility of snow. So, gosh, uh, uh, I- I'm glad I'm going to be inside, but it's going to be some. It's going to be a fun game.
2: They wants to go next, but I have a follow up.
3: Sure, he's going go to, go have go to go wait on. a
2: second. Um, Considering there's also uh, a very big game being played in Columbus on Saturday,
3: what is the media
2: coverage like for the crew, for this playoff game? I <laughs> well, mean, it's a conference
3: final. It is a conference final, and, and that gets into some internal politics and can go a little bit deep into it. There's been some good coverage. Um, from the, the local media, uh, you know, the, the news, uh, the, the, the local TV news has, has been involved and focused on a little bit, and there's been some energy around that. I expect that to ramp up around game time. Uh, the one, maybe if, if there's a slightly disappointing thing, is that the local paper, the Columbus Dispatch, um, just recently rotated their beat writer um, full-time to Ohio State men's basketball and so the former beat writer who also is expected to be the second uh the second beat writer for the Columbus Blue Jackets is filling in for the time being. Uh so there isn't necessarily that dedicated person um, who is in charge of of really kind of getting some of that uh, that media attention um, uh, from the paper side but uh, there's been an energy within the community um Maybe not necessarily just in the, the print media. Um, and It's just an unfortunate timing that uh, Adam Jardy, our beat writer, uh, moved over to the, to the basketball. And then uh, Sean Mitchell's a great writer, but he's also split duty. He's, uh, I saw his tweets this evening, and uh, the Blue Jackets are playing, so I, I see some hockey tweets in my feed now.
0: <laughs> it, kind, of a, <clears throat> kind of coincidental, because uh, one of the beat writers for the Red Bulls actually got transitioned over to cover uh the New York Nets. So
3: Yeah, I saw that's a big <laughs> loss. That's uh, uh, Brian Lewis, I, I always enjoyed reading his stuff and he had uh, you know even beyond the Red Bulls it was uh, it was something that I always look forward to because there was some insight there. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll talk about more of that later. But anyway,
0: um you mentioned a few minutes ago the or I think you mentioned a few minutes ago uh, okay maybe did. I forget. Anyway uh <laughs> my mem- my memory is going apparently um so 2008 was the last time these teams matched up in the playoffs it was the MLS Cup final uh Columbus obviously won that one generally i haven't seen a lot of red bulls fans talking about it but i'm just curious has that been playing in at all to the build up in, on the columbus side of this
3: not really um i i, I th- there's a, there's a little bit about that about uh you know let, let's keep things going against the Red Bulls but you know that's that's now 7 years ago it's a completely different uh you know, team on both sides um i think the the old the the longest tenured player for the crew is now from 2012 uh so we 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 don't have maybe 2011 Justin Miram I believe is 2011 so we we don't even have anybody dating back to the championship era uh, the playing for the team and, uh, on the coaching staff, there's been a tremendous changeover and even the ownership. So, uh, it, it really hasn't tied into that. I, I do have fond memories of watching, um, the, the sad Red Bulls team getting off the bus to their hotel when I was dropping off, uh, a, uh, crew fan to, uh, their hotel. And I was pulling up and it's like, oh, yeah, there's Juan Carlos Osorio and he looks, he looks very sad. No, no, I, I'm like, sorry. He's like
2: that all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was carrying a notebook, of course. Oh, so, of course,
2: he has his notebook.
3: Yeah, he, there might be a time when he he has a tactical uh, wrinkle that he wants to roll out, but uh unfortunately, nothing could save him that game. And and, and th- also the 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 differences between the teams. Two thousand eight was a, a coronation for the crew because they were the best team in MLS that year. New York kind of snuck in and the game kind of fell the, the the way that it should. With a two-legged series, um, you know, it's it's not for necessarily for the, the cup. Uh, it really hasn't played in. I, I think there's a lot of anticipation because, you know, New York has been the best team this year, especially in the Eastern Conference, and I'd even say probably the league. Uh, the, you guys have a dominant midfield. You have a defense that uh, and, and a goalkeeper that are, are very strong and uh, a forward line that's in – in the conference is maybe only topped by Toronto's with, uh, Joe and, you know, Kai Kamara. And that's only because of a couple outstanding performers. But, you know, so I, I think there's some excitement to say, okay, if, if Chris, can get over this hump, then, uh, you know, to, to be the best, we got to beat the best. And you guys are, you guys are the best. So.
2: Jay, Jay with his mic off.
3: Whoops! I'm sorry about that. Oh, I'm,
2: the math uh, made a mistake.
0: I I mean, hey, I needed it because I was coughing. Oh
2: well, all right, that's acceptable. So there you go.
0: Um, so a few more questions, and then we'll uh, and then we'll let you go. So there's going obviously you mentioned that they're already expanding seating. There's gonna be, uh, I think over 400 Red Bull fans traveling to this game. Um, and I ask you this only because it's gonna affect everybody. Um, because of the, what happened in Paris last week, the Stadium is going to have increased security. I believe it's metal detectors and most likely longer lines. Do you know anything in particular that uh, the traveling fans for the Red Bull should know?
3: Um, I, I as far as traveling fans, I don't particularly. However, um, there will be metal detectors. There will be increased uh, security as far as in- entryway, and that is something new to to the stadium. Uh, they had that for USA Mexico. Um, but the fan base doesn't overlap that much between those two because we have so many out of towners for USA Mexico. Uh, the Blue Jackets in town have had metal detectors, so there, there's some awareness of there. Um, the, the 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 stadium operations people are, are pretty good about working with away teams and also uh, working with the supporters groups from uh, the crew side um, are, are very hospitable people that um, you know during the game, you know the. You know, no quarter given, but you know, before and after, we want to be hospitable. So, if there's anything, uh, I I hope that the leadership of the people uh, coming over are are working with those people. If not, uh, reach out to to Crew Union and HSH. Um, These are people that have worked that have great ties within the the uh, front office to make sure that you guys have success as far as uh, supporter supporting your team um but yeah it's it's be prepared for for a little bit longer lines uh i know away supporters go through a little bit of a different security scrutiny and so that you guys can uh, maybe be maybe enter a little bit ease uh, a little bit more orderly than say getting stuck in the line with everybody else uh
1: so looking ahead to these two these two games uh w- what prediction do you have for the how this
3: series will turn out so um, I'm I'm going to give you two predictions. Uh, the the head prediction says New York takes this and it will be on the on the second leg that you guys will edge ahead, maybe one one in the first leg and then two two zero or something like that two one in the second leg, and New York will move on to to the finals and and you guys will host on the seventh. Um, the heart I'll say Kamara scores a brace in Columbus and uh, you guys pull back one. And it's a one-one uh, nail biter uh, on the other side with Gaston Saro coming back into the lineup and uh, tidying up the D. So it depends on how much you want to take the fan part of it out. But uh, you guys have a very good team. Uh, you guys are also well equipped for handling how the crew play. And uh, if there's if there's kryptonite, it's uh, being able to deploy a midfield that's able to press so effectively. Alright,
0: so uh before we let you go, obviously we want to make sure that you get yourself out there so our fans or I'm sorry, our listeners can uh follow you online. So uh, I know it's a massive report, but what's like what's the website address, Twitter, all that good stuff?
3: So we're we're Massive Report. It's uh massivereport.com. Uh Twitter handle is at Massive Report. Um try to keep it e- easy. Um we the we'll be having stuff um you know, after I get off, uh, you guys having me on your podcast, which I appreciate, thank you very much. Um, I, I'm actually going to be writing up some things about the, uh, the, the stadium that's, uh, the, the, the sellout that we, that they announced tonight that we were expecting and some of the policies that's going to make that, uh, arrive early, uh, arrive as soon as you can, have some fun, and then, uh, start breaking down the match in earnest, uh, come tomorrow morning. So, because it's, uh, you know, on the field, it's probably uh, maybe the best matchup you could hope for in the Eastern Conference. And, um, you know, it's going to be an atmosphere that's going to be very fun to watch, even if you're not coming.
0: All right. <clears throat> Pat, thank you uh, for taking the time to come on our show tonight. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull Ramp for you right after this. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. Once again, I want to thank Patrick Golden for coming on the show. You can uh, follow him at MasterReport.com or on Twitter at MasterReport. So let's get right into it. Leg 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals will take place on Sunday, November 22nd, 5 p.m. Eastern Time in Columbus at Mapfre. Map, yeah, Map Free. is how you said it, right? Mapfre. Mapfre, sorry. Mapfre Map Frey Stadium. Uh, if you are going with the supporters, you'll probably be fine. But if you're going independent of the supporters, just be careful of the extra <sighs> security. Predictions, uh, Truman, you'll go first. I know you're not predicting the scoreline. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday?
3: Well,
2: one prediction is there's no way I would drive through the entire length of Pennsylvania to get rid of this game.
0: <laughs>
2: that, and that's a guaranteed prediction because it's not happening. And who uh, who as likes the Pennsylvania, game, really? What's that?
0: So who likes Pennsylvania, really?
2: I don't. I fucking live here and I don't like it. <laughs> the worst. Uh yes, for the game itself, it boy, you hate the week off cuz it just kind of makes you forget about everything and how teams are playing and um, maybe hopefully with this kind of shady crew defense, the Red Bulls might find their scoring touch cuz it certainly wasn't there against super physical DC. Um as we all know, that's how DC was going to just try to play it was dirty, rough, and tumble, and you know it showed in the results where the Red Bulls just hung in for two games to get to win two nothing in that series. So I think you're going to see a lot more of the game as BW play as BWP likes to say he he likes to play the football, and I think football will be played. I mean that's how the crew are going to play. They have you know some talented guys with Kai Kummer up there. Um, uh, I, you know again. I think the Red Bulls are going to keep it close, winning or losing. I think that's going to be the whole point of going in there is to not – they're not bunkering down, obviously, because that's not how this team plays. And they're certainly not going to change their style because they're playing in a conference final on the road. They're still going to play the high press no matter what. Um, I think it's going to be a one-goal game coming out of it, one way or the other. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's like a couple goals for the Red Bulls and get a couple away goals. But just knowing this – just knowing this team you could just see it being as that one goal lead or deficit um either way i think is a positive thing uh coming home to red bull arena
1: yeah uh you know i i definitely think the long layoff is gonna i'm definitely a little worried about it but um you know i i think just judging from what i'm reading about the team i don't think they're gonna have a letdown this time around um you know i'm columbus is gonna be a tough team but you know like Patrick said, you know, their defense is not all there, and that'll definitely leave a little bit of an opening for the uh, Red Bulls, um, you know, so I think I'm going to go with the draw, I think I'm going to go with the 1-1 draw, I think they get that crucial away goal um, you know and manage to keep uh, Columbus uh, at bay uh, and setting themselves up really nicely for the home tilt You uh, know, in, uh, in, in a week and a half or so, so um yeah, that's what I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say they're gonna get a nice goal, exploit the defense once, play a little bit more conservatively than they usual do. Usually do on the road and get the one one.
0: I'm I'm with Truman on this one where it's gonna be. Well, actually, I guess both of you guys were gonna be a tight game. Uh, I think the Red Bulls will come out with a, with a lead going into like number two. Um, I kind of feel it'll be like a two one lead where maybe they'll nick a goal towards the very end of the game to just get that second roll goal. I think it's just that much tougher for Columbus. Um, I I can see the Red Bulls not not bunkering in the sense of parking the bus, but bunkering in like they'll allow Columbus possession, and they're not going to press as high up the field and basically force Columbus to play out of the back. And uh, which could or could not work depends on how their counter if they can get past the fullbacks because that's I think really the key in this is how um, Kamara Lawrence and Salzo. Uh, hold against um, Finley, Kumar and uh, what's his name? The third guy. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, whatever I, whatever the third, their third big name is on offense. I can't remember off the top of my head. Big What um, <coughs> Why the fuck did I forget that? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think that's going to be the key to this game. It's going to be the fullbacks. If they get caught out of position, then it'll be like when we, got, we lost to them. If they can get back quick enough, I think the Red Bulls will be able to do what they need to do to get out of Columbus with a win and maybe even a second road goal, which would be a huge advantage going into Lake Number Two.
2: Another good thing about playing the Crew is, yes, the stadium will be sold out, and I'm sure the stadium will be rocking. You know, it's going to be a playoff game, but it's never been uh, one of the intimidating, very, very hard places to win stadiums for the Red Bulls. It's not like a New England, you know, somewhere, somewhere like that where they just have a poor history. Mm-hmm. They they have. Yep, you know, they've gotten results there time and time again. So I think that's going to be a huge plus. Including, have-
0: including the win, which had Mike Grella's 30-something yard chip, which happened to be the 1,000th right. goal in team
2: history. Yep. Right. So, you know, now this crowd is going to be a little bit more raucous than that crowd for sure. Well, that but crowd
0: lost the seats. <laughs>
2: right. Um, it is a place where they've gotten results, and I think they can expect that. The go you, that this is the way this team's playing. They go in for results. They're not going in for a nil-nil draw. Mm-hmm. They're going in to play their asses off like they do every single game. Uh, the team is certainly, I mean, they're motivated. They're pumped up. They keep telling, you know, Dax keeps saying it. Jesse keeps saying it. You know, a lot, every team says that, of course, that, you know, they're there to win the cup, blah, 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 blah. But I think Dax, more than anybody, is more motivated to get to the final. I think he's the absolute linchpin. Maybe this is, again, another duh statement. But he really, this year, it seems to be his team. He's the captain. There's no Thierry Henry. You know, there's no guy oh, yelling no. at him. He is the man. And he, I think he wants it more than anybody else that's going to be on that field.
0: That wouldn't surprise me at all. And, um, shit, what was I going to add? Oh, We got really lucky with the international break. Um, all of our guys came back healthy. No injuries reported. So that is a, that's a big plus going into these into the series. Uh, but just a reminder, Matt Miazga, Bradley Phillips, Ronald Zubar, Sasha Kletcher, all carry in the yellow card into this match. So if they get a yellow card in this match, then they will miss the second leg of the conference finals back at Red Bull Arena. So it'll be really important for the Red Bulls to not only get out of there with the result, but get out of there without any cards on those guys. Um, If anybody else picks up a yellow, it's okay, because basically once you hit the leg 2 they'll reset, because you can't pick up a... Uh, yellow card accumulation going into the MLS Cup. So really just get out of this game with those four guys, not picking up a yellow, and you'll be okay. And of course, nobody picking up a red, because that's an automatic one game. Alright, any more thoughts on that before we go to our dumping ground stuff? Nope. Nope. Okay. So, end of year awards have been starting to be handed out. Today, Goalkeeper of the Year, and Luis Robles was up for it against uh, David Ustead of the Vancouver Whitecaps, and Bill Hamid of D.C. United, and won. That's right. A Red Bull actually won a postseason award. Imagine that. Never happens. No. <laughs> and we were lucky he was even nominated, honestly, because, you know, fuck us for having people <laughs> be nominated for awards.
2: Right. My prediction, yeah. my bold prediction, this will be one of two postseason awards for the team. Ooh. Now the question is
0: which one, because there's three more to go for. Jesse Marsh. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. okay, yeah. I, if March doesn't win Coach of the Year, then it, something's
2: wrong. Team expectation compared to team result. Well, you, Play, you can say playing, the same thing on Pecky in
0: 2013, but look how that worked out.
2: Uh, Pecky had Thierry Henry.
0: But expectation wasn't there.
2: Not Thierry the Henry. Year. Thierry Henry. But Always the person, expectation. But
0: the person well, who won it, Caleb Porter, had much higher expectations going into the year and performed much lower. Well, so.
2: isn't he not get it this year.
0: All right. Um, <clears throat> other – actually – Sorry.
2: You dying? You okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm over. good. This is this the last Red Bull rant? No, sorry.
0: Right. Rogue Ro- cough drop. We're good. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Speaking of post year post-year- or postseason awards, uh, first for goal of the year, the Red Bulls have nobody left. Uh, our candidates got eliminated early on. Uh, for goalkeeper, or sorry, for save of the year, Luis Robles still has two up for grabs, or two candidates in, but they're faced off against each other.
2: Of course they are. Of course.
0: Well, here's the thing. I was wondering how this they way did it. The whole thing works. They apparently decided to do a east west north south thing this year. So stupid. So all of Robles's, yeah. if if every single one of his had won all the way through, he still would have been down to two. On the bright side, he makes so, semifinals no matter what. It's just a matter it's of all right.
1: It's all right. Yeah, his his one important little power win it all. Yeah, we it's just right. don't
2: have the, the the fan voting power.
1: <laughs> well,
0: it doesn't matter for this one. He's going to win no matter what. <laughs> Alright, so, um, piece of news. It has been rumored that the MLS expansion draft will be no more. Oh.
2: That would be great.
0: The plan apparently is to roll up the expansion draft into the re entry draft. I think I heard like the first round or two would be specifically for the uh, expansion team, so you wouldn't have to go through these stupid protection rules. It would just be a regular re entry draft, which means you would have a better selection of players and you wouldn't have teams pulling shenanigans to save certain players like Brian Ching being left out to dry because he wouldn't play for anybody else. And uh, I think it was Montreal picked him up or somebody just to fuck with the system because they could. Um, so what do you guys think about that?
2: Good. I, I've always hated that. I hate that in every sport. It's stupid. Oh, we got a new team. Well, we got to send your players over there. Sorry, guys. That's <laughs> it's, it's, it's the dumbest thing. It really is. So I'm glad this is happening. Yeah, I'm okay, Especially with MLS. MLS has a million ways to get players. Yeah. There are really just tons of ways to, to get new guys on your team. And just kind of silly that this was one of them.
1: Yeah. Considering we have the re-entry draft, yeah, it just kind of makes sense. I mean, once the re-entry draft goes away and we put on the big boy, big boy points that pants in the league and have uh, have free agency, we might have to bring it back. But until then, uh, yeah, the re-entry draft is fine.
0: You mean actual free agency.
1: Right. Yeah. Legitimate.
0: Not this 28 years to eight years of MLS – you can only negotiate for X percentage over your current salary. Has thing. to
1: has to have been born on during a full moon, you know,
0: and a leap year. It has be twenty
1: ninth of February. Yep. Once 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 we get there, then we we'll have to bring it back.
0: All right. So uh, I have one last one last thing. But uh, do you guys ever, before I talk about that? Do you guys have anything else you want to discuss?
2: I do real quickly. Um, I read on Twitter, uh, I believe it was yesterday, from our good friend yet again, Rich Ransom, the man. You know, we talk about all the time. Was
0: he asking us not to vilify the union again?
2: No, but speaking of the Philadelphia Union, uh, he posted that you can now sign up. You can renew your membership to be in the Sons of Ben on the Philadelphia Union website. Now, me being a member of an independent supporters club, I find that hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. I don't know. That's just me. I find stuff like that funny. So clearly not an independent supporters club. When you Could can you sign, sign up. up for
0: a third rail through NYCFC,
2: uh, I probably. Well, I told him he's now pretty. He, I said now they're pretty much becoming another third rail.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: But uh, I just find that I, I I always find that funny. I mean, supporters clubs are supposed to be separate of the team, but
0: apparently not. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pat, anything? I got nothing. Trevor? Sure,
2: um, no, not until you start talking halfway. I think of something, but no. Go ahead.
0: Alright, so I'm saving this one for the end. Usually I don't talk about additions to the Once Metro staff on the show, but this is kind of a big one. So, as of this weekend, or should be this weekend, um, we will officially have a beat writer at Once Metro. And uh, listeners of the show will know him by the name Daniel Forresty. Yay!
2: Yay!
0: So he will be our new beat writer. He will be at the game... Uh like two, he will be at the game hopefully if MLS gives him his credentials for the MLS Cup final, because MLS is handling everything for the cup, not the Red Bulls. Um so that's my big announcement is that we officially have a beat writer at Once Metro.
2: You know what's upsetting me right now? What? That you did not have the go gos cued immediately with We Got the Beat.
0: <laughs> you
2: brought shame upon this podcast.
0: That's because I don't I'm not a musically inclined person like you apparently.
2: Jay, it was in Fast Times Ridgemont High. Yeah.
0: Still, you are the more musically inclined out of between me and you, and probably including Pat.
2: Well, this is what yeah. I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. We're all going to be quiet for 10 seconds, and Jay, you're gonna, that's when you're editing it, you're going to find the song, and you're going to put it in. Okay, ready? Here we go.
0: Hold on. we, we got to be careful. Yeah. Are we going with copyright stuff here?
2: Hey, listen. Know. Too bad, SoundCloud. You suck. Let's just admit the SoundCloud sucks, right? It sucks.
1: <laughs> it sucks.
2: It, it makes it a thousand times easier. But it sucks. Mm, yeah. Should I just sing it? I mean, I can't sing. I can't do a girl's voice very well.
0: I mean, I could. I could test it later and see if it works. All right. So Uh-oh. you're gonna play
1: that? Just end the show with it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so now, now then, So now the question is: Do the people hear that now or not? Because they ha- they won't know.
1: That's that's true.
2: <laughs> but what I want all our listeners to do is um, what they're gonna do is. Once the song kicks on at the end, you're immediately going to watch Fast Times Richmond High. Oh.
0: Here's a suggestion. Just don't even forget. Don't even remember when the music plays. Just at the end of the show, do it.
2: Just just watch Fast Times Richmond High. Yeah, you should just do that anyway. Yeah, you, you really should. Yeah.
0: All right. So, last call. Anything else? Nope. nope. All right. Let's wrap this one up. Uh, you can visit us at onesmetrocom slash red bull rant. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash redbullrant and sponsoring the show. You can email us during the week at redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us at 973-348-5329, facebook.com slash redbullrant, at redbullrant on Twitter, at drstooge myself, at pmacda2, at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or soundcloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen grant. Last words before we get out of here.
2: You hear that sound? That's my skull. <laughs> and win.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not, I don't have a, a line queued up. Uh, that's appropriate, so win.
0: All right, so for Pat, Truman, and myself, this has been episode number 169 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls.
1: Aloha,
2: Mr. Hand. Lates.